0: This is Fresh Ed, a weekly podcast that makes complex ideas and educational research easily understood. I'm your host, Will Brem. A few of you have reached out to me, recommending that I ask guests about their biographies. For young scholars, it's valuable to learn from scholars with lots of experience and how they navigate the field of international and comparative education. This year, FreshEd will broadcast short supplementary shows with some guests about their backgrounds and tips for young scholars. For our first installment, Joel Samoff joins me to talk about his career. Joel Samoff is adjunct professor in the School of Humanities and Sciences at the Center for African Studies at Stanford University. He joined FreshEd earlier this year to discuss his work on evaluations to aid in education. I hope you enjoy this new segment. And please do keep emailing me your suggestions to make Fresh Ed better. I do listen. You can contact me anytime at will at freshedpodcast.com. Enjoy the show. Joel Samoff, welcome to Fresh Ed. Thank you, Will. I'd like to um, turn to your own biography as an academic and researcher. I've I've heard from many listeners that they've... They're interested in, in learning more about the guest's own history and biography of being an academic and being a researcher and perhaps giving it some tips to, to some young early career scholars or, or, or students. So how did you end up researching um, education and aid and development primarily in Africa from my understanding?
1: Uh, and the quick answer to the question about the, my intellectual trajectory is that is, it's much serendipity as planning. So like many people, when I was in graduate school, I needed to decide, well, when I finished my undergraduate degree, I needed to decide what to do next. I was interested in Africa. I pursued that as a graduate student. It was interesting, and I've been doing it ever since. And I think there come moments in our lives when we make a decision about how to take the next step. And if it works well for us, we keep on doing it. if it doesn't work well, we find something else to do. And so in that sense, uh, the decision to get involved in studying Africa was to follow up on my own curiosity and interest. And that blossomed. And I've been working on Africa since early in graduate school.
0: And what started your interest in Africa?
1: Well, that's an even more ambiguous answer. Uh, (laughs) That probably goes back to some much earlier moment in my life. Certainly from at least elementary school age, I've been interested in the rest of the world, including Africa. And I did my own secondary schooling in the end of the 1950s, which was a time of decolonization in the world. And I think that increased the attention to what was happening in Africa. 1960 was a uh, transition in the protests and organizing in South Africa. In particular, a set of protests that turned bloody in Sharpeville in March of 1960. And I recall going to a rally in Philadelphia that was focused on Sharpeville in South Africa. So fairly early on, while I was still in school i had an interest in african things kwame nkrumah was a student in uh in university lincoln university in philadelphia while i was there and met him at some early moment though i didn't know then what the future looked like Uh, so there was an earlier interest i think uh the, the the big answer to the question about Where did the interest in Africa come from was that it was one among several interests. And at certain moments in my life, I had to decide what to do next. I pursued that interest. It worked, and I've been doing it ever since. Right,
0: right. And now, were you, did you move from university to graduate school to PhD to to working in academia? Or did you kind of experiment outside of academia at, at certain points?
1: I, for practical reasons, went from university to graduate school to staying in academia. I actually wanted to work in the Peace Corps. Uh, I asked the Peace Corps for a posting in Africa, and they offered me one in Turkey. And there was no negotiation, so I went to graduate school instead. So I <laughs> went to the Peace Corps. Uh, and so I, there would have been that sidestep. But no, I went directly to graduate school, and I continued to work on Africa. Now, the other part of your question was about getting involved in education and the focus on education. And the uh, response there is also uh, a bit of uh, chance. In my early research, the research that I did for my doctoral dissertation in Tanzania, I was interested in local politics and development in an area in Tanzania. And I asked people in my interviews what they thought was the most important local issue. And for the purpose of my interviews, the, that question was intended to help me understand better what role members of city council, people who worked in NGOs, people who worked in the district council, what role they played. So I needed to know what the issue was in order to have context for my questions about their role. But it turned out nearly everybody mentioned education as what they saw as the most important local issue. And it became clear to me that I needed to know more about education. And that has been the case ever since. So my work has been on politics. That's my background political science. But very quickly in the process, politics and education came together. And so I've been working on the intersection of politics and education since my own doctoral dissertation.
0: And in in your career, have there been any M- major books or thinkers that, that have influenced you the most?
1: I don't have a good answer to the question. The, the question about major books, I think there's there are lots of books and thinkers that have influenced uh, the work that I do. Uh, I am, I'm gonna back up a step. Uh, I, I take seriously the notion that scholarship ought to be critical and that it ought to be asking hard questions about what is generally accepted as perceived wisdom or knowledge. And therefore, my general intellectual and academic orientation has always been to, uh, for practical reasons, master whatever it is I think I need to know in order to continue to function in the areas in which I'm working, but also to find authors and scholars who say other things and move in other directions. And for people who work on Africa, uh, the, uh, very early on, there's been a, a kind of a divergence in the writing about Africa or kind of parallel tracks in the writing about Africa, some of which came out of the study and research on Europe and European history and empire and European influence and colonization and a parallel track that is heavily oriented around decolonization and nationalism and anti-colonial activity. And to do a reasonable job, it seems necessary to understand both of those tracks, but my own personal preference is the second. And so the authors that have been particularly instructive uh, over the course of Uh, my work have been those heavily embedded in efforts to try to understand colonial rule with the motivation of ending it. Efforts to understand post-colonial dependence with the motivation of ending it. So among the economists for example, Samir Amin has been a a particularly clear-headed thinker I think over what's now many decades he's well into his 80s I think. Uh, on that set of questions. In thinking about colonial rule from the perspective of political economy, my, my leaning, my inclination is less toward what did colonial colonial rule accomplish in terms of what might be regarded as positive or progressive developments in the colonized world and more toward the kind of thinking that's embedded in the clever title that Walter Rodney came up with, How Europe Underdeveloped Africa. That is, the ways in which the colonial process has not reduced, didn't reduce poverty in Africa, but entrenched it, and entrenched it beyond the end of colonial rule. So that's a long-winded way of saying that my answer to your question is probably uh, a set of perspectives rather than a particular author.
0: Right. and. What sort of advice would you have for for PhD students or or young scholars in the field of comparative and international education?
1: Uh, Well, I have three thoughts on that line. One is uh, probably what will seem to many people to be very old-fashioned, and that is to pursue your passion. I think life would be really unpleasant if I had to spend my time doing things I didn't find interesting, didn't find engaging. So... The first bit of advice is to find issues, themes, places, people that are engaging, that are challenging, that are rewarding, and then make them work. Find people that are really productive and, and exciting to work with and to uh, work with them. Second thought is that it's, of course, possible to ask the very practical or seemingly very practical questions, which fields and specializations seem to have better job prospects? Which approaches and methods are more highly valued? Which research sites seem to be regarded as most important? Which projects are the funding agencies likely to support? And and many academics do that. Uh, at this point in my career, what I can do though is look uh, among my colleagues and see who among my colleagues, that is people who've been at it for a while, cannot wait to retire. And who among my colleagues cannot imagine retiring? and as i think about that i want to be in the second group i want to be among the people who find that what i do is so challenging so stimulating so rewarding that i want to stay immersed in it rather than thinking about getting out and saying i've been doing this for too long and i need to move on so it's a it's a variant a bit on that pursuing the passion but it it's a a notion of uh for a career and for the a career that endures it seems to me very important to try to find ways to do stuff that is rewarding and i guess in the end I'm a, I'm a absolute optimist that it's possible to do that and still earn a living now i know in there are circumstances in which it's very difficult to see how to pull those two together and my own experience tells me that i need to keep working at that and so i've had different roles in academia and i do independent consulting and in part it's aimed at that how can i continue to do find ways to do what is challenging, rewarding, and I think significant, and earn a living. And it's not been a straight line path. So in my own work, I have was primarily an academic for a while. Then uh, I became a consultant and worked as a consultant for a while. Now I do a bit of both. Uh, and so I've stayed an academic, but I have some other things that I do as well. And I think that will vary for one among different people. But but the underlying theme is still the same. Find ways to make life rewarding rather than, and then figure out how to earn a living at it rather than go the other way around. I also have that third sense that I talked about earlier, and that is that to be an effective scholar, I have to be somebody who asks really hard questions. And that means that I need to be willing to be unpopular. I need to be willing to challenge power structures. I need to be asking whether or not what's taken as knowledge and wisdom uh, are what they claim to be even when it's uncomfortable to be running against the grain. And that also means that to be a scholar who's concerned with changing outcomes, with uh, participating in larger scale and smaller scale social transformation, means I need to work with people who are themselves the change agents uh, as a person from the United States working in Africa most of my life, it's not my job to bring change to Africa or to manage change in Africa or to oversee change in Africa. My role is to assist people in Africa who have taken the initiative to make things different. And I need to find ways to work with people who are uh, who are involved in efforts to make things different. Working with the powerful seems promising but most often it seems to me is corrupting and distorting. And that requires a good deal more reflection and self-examination than graduate programs generally require or graduate programs generally encourage.
0: So, no recipes. (laughs) Well, Joel Samoff, thank you so much for joining Fresh Ed. It was really a pleasure to talk today. Thank you for inviting me. Joel Samoff is adjunct professor in the School of Humanities and Sciences at the Center for African Studies at Stanford University. FreshEd is brought to you by the Globalization and Education Special Interest Group of the Comparative and International Education Society. FreshEd's assistant producers are Sherry Yang and Yuval Devere. Original music for FreshEd was created by Digital Primate. Please note that opinions expressed on FreshEd are solely those of the host or the guest interviewed not CIES or the Globalization and Education SIG, which take no institutional positions. If you've liked what you've heard, please rate us on iTunes. It helps. Fresh Ed is made possible through listener donations. Please consider becoming a member of Fresh Ed by visiting freshedpodcast.com support. Thanks for listening. I'm Will Brem, and I'll see you next week.